Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great person, a great writer, a very funny human being, Josh Flaum. Hello. (laughs) I love collecting how people say hello on podcasts because it is a strange, awkward thing. You should put a compilation together of just hellos. Oh yeah, hellos. Hey, what's up? I don't get many people saying you guys. Hey, you guys, which I'm happy for. Like the electric company? (laughs) Hey, you guys! (laughs) I would really like that. Okay. If people came to this podcast and picked a favorite (laughs) greeting from old television. Oh, wow. That's a... Now I'm I'm trying to think of... are, Are there like many other greetings? Uh, dynamite? Dynamite is a catchphrase. I, I don't know if that's a greeting. Let's see. There's hello. <laughs> it's probably Three's Company. <laughs> probably. That's just from generic sexy times of the late 70s or exactly. 80s. Exactly. It just it encapsulates the, the <laughs> 70s entirely. <laughs> hello. Hello. Oh, what have we done? <laughs> uh, I am so excited to talk to you today Glad uh, to be about here. your obsession. But first, I want people to uh, hear a little bit from you about who you are, what you do. You have a storied career in writing comedy stuffs. Wow. I wouldn't call it storied. To my uh, mind, it's storied. Well, thank you. Uh, Meaning that, like, there are multiple stories <laughs> that I I've heard have a lot of stories. Um, okay, so about me, uh, I am from Toronto, Canada. Moved to uh, Orlando, Florida, my senior year of high school, uh, which is where I started doing improv. So I have my base in improv. And, okay, uh, I moved out here back in two thousand one. Became a writer. Mostly, I like I, I wrote for four years uh, on a show called Attack of the Show. Nice, hosted by Kevin Pereira. That's where I sort of ground my bones in. Uh, live daily television and uh, I've also been writing for off and on for Nerdist for a, a while now cool on the side write screenplays <laughs> and TV shows I also created a web series called written by a kid yeah with my friend Will Bowles and it's so great that's where I first heard of you and then I met you through other friends and was delighted yeah that's what, so that's me. All right. right. That's the nutshell. <laughs> okay, so your obsession, obviously you're, you're a writer. You're a very funny person. You have some performance background, right? You've yeah. done some performing, right? Mostly improv. Okay. Uh, I, I, I performed, uh, I had a contract out at uh, Disney World in Orlando, Florida, Pleasure Island at the Comedy Warehouse. Uh, <laughs> the or, Pleasure Island Comedy Warehouse. Oh, yes. It, the, the place was called Pleasure Island. It was yeah. a separate place. That's the only place on Disney property where you could actually buy an alcoholic drink. That's the place I would go. Yes. And uh, there were four nightclubs and one comedy club. The comedy club was Comedy Warehouse. Okay. Uh, that would be weird if that was like a nightclub. <laughs> the actual comedy club was like Arabian Nights or <laughs> whatever else. I can't remember the clubs out there, but... It was an improv show. I performed five shows a night for almost two years. Hour-long hour shows? Uh, 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Five shows a night. Five Damn. shows a night. And I also had a, a comedy troupe at the time called Them. I feel like there's a Them in every city. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think there is some sort of like improv deity, improv muse who makes sure that all of the improv things happen the same in exactly. every city, no matter what. Orlando, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Chicago, uh, all the cities. I can name all the cities. Uh, so you have a little bit of performance background, but you're mainly writing, and your obsession is about writing, which is fascinating to me. Yes. Well, um, I'm an insomniac, and okay. uh, one of the things I did to sort of mollify the, the boredom of not being able to sleep is I, I started writing fake erotica. <laughs> uh, it's it's not real erotica. It's absolutely 100% fake, not erotic. And I um I would submit it to erotic websites and uh, 
uh, authors to, okay. and ask for their advice. So everything would always be prefaced with a letter saying, look, I'm trying to break into the big biz of erotica. <laughs> uh, and then I would present them with a story. And, okay. And I, I've collected the, the rejection letters. <laughs> So when you first did it, were you out to get rejection letters or that has yes. now become... I mean, honestly, I, I was out for the rejection. It's, it's <laughs> almost... Uh, my girlfriend, who's a very smart person and almost always right, eventually psychoanalyzed it. And it was my fear of rejection uh, in turning in things that I actually had worked on and was passionate about. Um, so instead, I was turning in things that were absolute crap. Knowing that they were going to be turned down. <laughs> right. So you're like, I'm afraid of drowning, so I'm going to tie some rocks to myself and play in the lake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lo, I drowned many a night. <laughs> okay, so I have a million questions, but I want uh, to hear an example. So you, so you, you can set it up. You, oh, you wrote okay. a letter, and then the erotica came along. Yeah, so um, one of the first ones I did was I, I actually submitted it to E.L. James herself. Okay. And E.L. James, she's the... She wrote the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey series. Okay, which was a sort of fan fiction of Twilight initially, right? I actually don't know. I just know that okay. they blew up, and I, I've never read them. Okay. Um, but I know that there's a lot of bondage and domination and effing. <laughs> you can, can swear. You, I can swear? You can swear on this podcast, or you can say effing. It's quite charming. Well, <laughs> I don't I don't mind being charming, but also, uh, just for people who don't know what effing is, fucking. <laughs> It's like hardcore fucking in that book series. Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, I'm guessing at that. Because yes. there. I am going to go on record. <laughs> there is fucking in Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, great. Um, and so I submitted a story to her and also uh, to, I guess, a fan site, if, if memory serves. Okay, so this was something that a, a, a portal that she put out there where people could submit to her? Or did you just like find her actual I've, website? I found her website and I also submitted it to her um, manager. Hoping that it would find her, you know. That's that's really how it is. It's okay. like <laughs> And this is the first one. Uh yes, this is the first one I've I, I've written. Let's see. Sorry. Um it's on my phone and it just scrolled all the way down. So I'm so this is the uh, I'm passing the letter. The the story I wrote for E. L. James is called Pennies for Dinner. Okay. And Chapter before, one. Before you launch into it, what was the kind of what was the content of the letter? Was it just saying to E.L. James, here, I, I wrote I wrote this for you. It's amazing. Let me know what you think. I uh, submitted it under a pseudonym. In this case, I think John Friendly. <laughs> um, and it was really <laughs> just like F-word. me saying that uh, I was a big fan of her work, even though I hadn't read it. And I liked to throw in things about their stories that aren't true. Okay. But to, you know... I, I first say I'm a big fan, then I say um, I've read all your stories, uh, you know, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, and then uh, Fifty Shades Darker, and then, you know, Fifty Shapes of Grapes. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of all of it. You know, it's that okay. sort of thing. So there's no way that E.L. James or her manager could get through this letter without realizing this is a put-on. My guess, my guess, unless they're giving me the benefit of the doubt, which is never a good idea, uh, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it's... It, I didn't really want to fool anybody is right, the thing. Right, Um For the fan sites, I did want to fool them just because I would only ever submit the actual story. Okay. And then I would also collect the responses there, which are hilarious, but... Okay, cool. Well, we'll get into that, too. Okay. okay. So you, now I've got the setup of the letter. It goes off into internet space to these recipients. And exactly. what is it called again? Uh, this particular story is called Pennies for Dinner, Chapter 1, The Homecoming. 
So uh, now I have to take my glasses off because <laughs> I actually can't see anything close up when I'm wearing it's them. It's already so erotic. Okay, here we go. Took your glasses yeah, off like a champ. Prepare to get randy. Touch There's yourself. An intellectual stripping when you take your glasses <laughs> off. All right, pennies for dinner. Stanley Davinger stepped out of the storm, ravenous. He'd had a hard day of work selling basketballs, and he needed something to satisfy his craving. He shook the rain off his jacket, then plopped his wet hat on a brassy hook that jutted from the wall. <laughs> Stacy, I'm home, he cried, and my stomach is gurgling like a raging beast. Stanley gripped the lock of his long golden hair with a hardened fist and squeezed some of the rain out. He let it drip onto the Victorian hardwood with a blip, plip, plop. Dinner's almost ready, Stacy yelled from the kitchen. And boy, are you in for a treat. Stacy Devonshire emerged from the doorway wearing a bright yellow shirt, purple pants, orange gloves, and a neon pink scarf that separated her hair into stiff pigtails. In her hands, she held a covered silver platter. You look hot and sexy, said Stanley, like all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> Stacy smiled knowingly. How was work today, she asked. Work was great, Stanley said, licking his lips. I sold a million basketballs. He removed his <laughs> sopping wet sweater and sat down at the table shirtless. Well, then you deserve this. Stacy removed the dome cover from the platter, revealing over $20 worth of shiny pennies fresh from the oven. Mmm, smells delish, Stanley said. It is delish, Stacy said, and scooped a pile into Stanley's plate. Then she gave herself a hot serving and sat down to start munching. Stanley got as many pennies as he could onto his fork and shoveled them into his mouth. <laughs> Yum, Stanley said. <laughs> Yummy, Stacy said. My favorite, Stanley said. Yummo, said Stacy. They're scrumptious, said Stanley. Yum, yum, said Stacy. Num, yummy, said Stanley. Yummy, yum, yum, said Stacy. Yum, num, said Stanley. Yummy, said Stacy. Yummy, said Stanley. End of part one. <laughs> and, and, and then, of course, I have that sort of... Uh, I tag it up with, uh, that's all I have so far. Soon to come, part two, dice for dessert. <laughs> uh, but that's just a, a, a shorter sample yeah. of uh, okay. the, there the was, kind of thing that it is. There was no effing. No, I, I, I stay away from the swears. I stay away from the actual sex. Okay. I, I, I try and make it as confusing as possible <laughs> um, so that eventually they have to say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, yeah. So now it was... Clearly very evocative of actual poorly written erotica that just uses words like jutting and pounding. Exactly. Hard and fist. And, but yeah. like if, if it's hard, it's not going to be a wiener. Uh, it's going to be something else. You know, a nose. <laughs> His hard nose <laughs> pounded the earth. His wet uh, eyebrows. <laughs> uh, so have you read a lot of erotica yourself? Um, when I was 14 years old, <laughs> I found all of my stepfather's penthouse forum magazines. Okay. And so I guess that's the closest thing I've ever really come yeah. to. Yeah, see, that's, it's, it's as easy as that. It's so not blood. sexy. Um, but uh, I, I, I read a, a shit ton of porn stories. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't really use those as reference. Not really. Yeah. Because uh, those are dirty. Yeah. So you just have an intuitive sense of what it is you're parodying. Yeah, I think cool. so. And, right. you know, I've seen lots of porn. I've watched it. <laughs> and there are a lot of hard things. and Sure. Things are hard. Things are wet. <laughs> things pound. <laughs> it just it, happens. Never ending. Yeah, can, a lot of jutting. You can pound doors. You can pound nails. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this first time you did this, how did you, uh, <laughs> how did you find satisfaction? So was it satisfying just in the moment as you wrote it? And then was it... <laughs> Was the satisfaction when you hit send, or was the satisfaction when you received something back? You know, that's a hard question to answer, because 
most of these I've written at like three in the morning. Okay. And, and so uh, satisfaction ca- comes in waves. <laughs> it's it's like uh, at at first there's the satisfaction of writing so something so stupid. Yeah. Uh, that it just makes me laugh, and there's that. But there's also the satisfaction of knowing that somebody's going to read this. Yeah. Somebody is going to find it. If it's not E.L. James or E.L. James's manager, uh, but their manager actually has uh, responded to me. Oh, um, really? Yeah, uh, it was a while ago. But uh, yes, I, I got a response from their manager and their publishing company because uh, I submitted it to all of those. Okay, to, and what was the general response from E.L. James's people? That's where I think the real satisfaction comes in. I'm not okay. sure, but it's confused. It's absolute. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I, we're not taking submissions anymore. Like, they're always very polite, but there's, I, I guarantee you, a regular rejection letter is just sort of like, this person is not mentally deficient. Right. So, so this is not boilerplate response you're getting, or you think it is? I, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, and the one boiler, boilerplate response I did get was from uh, their publishing company, and they were like upset not about the story that I submitted, but the fact that they probably had been getting so many submissions and um, just for straight erotica. So their response to me was like, we don't... E.L. James was like sort of a burp because it became so popular, yeah. but we don't publish erotica. We're <laughs> just a regular publisher. Like, we, we you know, if, if you have nonfiction fiction, we do all of that, but we, we really will not be taking any more Okay. Erotic. And now you are in the biz. You, uh, if not publishing, certainly you're writing and you've yeah. navigated agents and managers. So you know kind of how this goes. Uh, were you surprised to get a reaction from E.L. James's people? Um, not really. Uh, I, just because they're, they're in the business of reading stuff yeah. and trying to find the next big thing. So I knew that somebody would get it and read it and or be infuriated or confused and okay. then... Uh, not respond or respond. So you you get this response. It gives you some amount of satisfaction because you know that your 3 a.m. master plan has worked. Yep. That someone has been forced to read <laughs> about people sexually eating pennies. And you're like, fuck yes. Yeah. And then do you immediately go, that's what I'm doing the next night I have insomnia? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that became the thing I did. Okay. And in fact, th- it, there came a point where I think I didn't sleep so I could do these. Oh, really? Yeah. This was like r- around five years ago, but I went for a very long time without sleep. Okay. No Just, sleep at all? N- no sleep. I, I The longest I've ever gone is 10 straight days. Wow. And I have to blame this particular habit for that. Okay. Because you got so excited that you didn't even attempt to go to sleep? Yeah. You know, I, I think that you could even you could categorize it that way. There, there was this thing in the back of my head. Like, well, if I can't sleep, I can always do that. And then... I sort of skipped the I should try to sleep phase and just been like, well, it's time to write my fake erotica. It's time to waste everybody's time because I certainly have extra on my hands. So I think that it eventually was the cause of my insomnia rather than the the panacea. Is your insomnia a little bit better now? Because you said this was about five years ago. Absolutely. I started smoking pot. Okay. (laughs) I was going to ask about that because I I I know other people. Very well. Are there nights where you are faced with the challenge of I could have some pot and sleep like a, a normal person, or I could stay up and write crazy erotica? Not anymore. Okay. So much just because I'm getting married. I have a girlfriend. I have a, a, a life and actually a burgeoning career where I'm working more. And yeah. That all helps. But okay. I still, on my free days, uh, will go ahead uh, if I'm feeling insecure. I'll go go and write something that I know 
nobody will like. And <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's very freeing to just try to write something just horrific. It is. And in fact, I think it's the reason I'm a better writer. You know, yeah. if, if I'm actively trying to write something that I know people will hate, then it surprises me and them when I write something <laughs> that they like. I, I, I truly think that that is how it ended up. Okay, so it, is it just, it's taking away the in, inhibitions when you write absolutely your now real I, I, stuff. I still with this sort of thing. The the one thing is I I still try and make it as weird as possible. I try and pick the right words and the exact right uh, things that will make people crazy. You know, and I'll always try and make them sound a little sexy. So like I have one story called "Under the Whipper's Boot" uh, that sounds super femdom and yeah. like. Uh, exciting and randy but it, uh it's a big uh wild west show starring uh this woman who uses a whip uh to do tricks <laughs> and ultimately uh i think so she whips a boot off of somebody's head and everybody goes the crowd goes wild and uh, eventually a witch shows up and uh, turns her gigantic and she marries the person she was whipping it's it's that sort of thing it's like what will make people crazy so this is normal good exercise of reaching back to that childlike state where you don't have preconceived notions about what is good and bad and just unleashing it except Absolutely. for also including porn sounding words <laughs> exactly you just have to make sure that uh there's at least a, a slight air that you're actually trying. That a I'm, whiff uh, of erotica. Yeah, exactly. A whiff of the attempt, <laughs> if for nothing else. Or otherwise, I think they would just toss it away. Yeah. But if I sound a little dumb and then prove the fact that I'm very dumb, uh, then I, I, that sort of sucks them in. Okay. So I, I found this on the erotica fan sites. Like, there are plenty of those still, like uh, bulletin boards and um, where people turn in their own erotica to their friends online. And yeah. They, they all sort of uh, critique each other. Okay. And, so I want to get into that, but I'm curious first, so you have your first E.L. James adventure, it goes well, and then did you move immediately on to the, the erotica fan boards, or oh, where I, else did you I send I had been stories? doing everything sort of simultaneously, so oh, okay. once I turned it into E.L. James, I also was like, well, what am I going to do with this if not troll everyone? <laughs> so I, I have actually put that story pennies for dinner on like several of the bulletin boards and the, the chat sites. And okay. Not, not, I don't think they exist in the same form now, yeah. but there's always, it, it's sort of like the Reddit for people trying to write porn. Okay. So, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I was going to try to say a porn Reddit uh, joke, and there's no need to. Sometimes, <laughs> as a comedian, it's just okay to not make a joke. Uh, <laughs> so what kind of response is, do you get a back and forth conversation going? And if so, do you like take on a role in alter ego as person who doesn't understand erotica? Absolutely. Uh, in <laughs> fact, the, the, the best take, in my opinion, is to be oblivious and friendly. It's why I named that character John Friendly. I, okay. I never wanted to give anybody impre the impression that I was making fun of them. Right. And I never got rude. I never swore. And I always answered people's doubtfulness with enthusiasm. Okay. So if somebody was like, what What are you trying to do here? I'd be like, well, look, I'm, I'm just, you know, breaking into the business. Any, any uh, <laughs> critiques you can give me is, is great. So I actually got a couple of people to critique my stories as well. Yeah. Uh, one, one of my favorite notes about that story that I read you was uh, I just don't – I find it realistic that somebody could sell a million basketballs in a night. <laughs> so <laughs> somebody, like, pushed their erotica nerd glasses Absolutely. Up, and it wasn't that they were eating pennies. No, no, they, they, they keyed into the basketball thing. Like, I, I'm sorry, but that really took me out of it, the fact that he <laughs> sold a million basketballs in one evening – 
And my response to that was, well, I feel like somebody who doesn't have the get up and go to sell a million basketballs doesn't deserve pennies for dinner. <laughs> and what did they respond to that? Did they? Or they were like, that, well, that? I, that that's hard to argue. And then that's it. That's usually the end of the conversation. Once I answer them back, they'll give me a very curt reply, which is a sort of like goodbye. Okay, this conversation's going this, nowhere. Yeah, it's going nowhere. Uh, so long. <laughs> cool. So then, did you submit to any magazines? Do magazines exist these days? Um, they exist online, I think. Okay. Um, and I, I, certainly there are erotic magazines, but those make you do more work. So you have okay. to put it in a specific format, and uh, <laughs> you know, you have to show multiple stories, and and you don't normally get like they'll take ninety days to respond. And I kind of wanted the like, what will happen in a week? Okay. So this is where you draw the line. You have developed this insomnia activity of writing fake erotica and sending it to people to get reactions, and Mm -hmm. you drew the line at formatting. (laughs) I'm not going to take the time to format this Well, formatting is really hard if you don't know how to do it. It's a pain in the ass. (laughs) Yeah. So you have gotten some actual, like, rejection letters as well? Absolutely. And what are those like? they're, They're usually very polite. Usually they say, like, what you are writing right now isn't what we're looking for, uh, but uh, feel free to submit again in the future. Uh, some people cut you off at, like, we have to wait 90 days. Okay. Uh, I think some people lie and, like, you have to wait seven years. <laughs> <laughs> By then, surely I'll forget. <laughs> um, but uh, there was one time, and I'll tell you this right now, nobody was more shocked than me, where they took it and they just published it. What? And... Uh, Again, I actually wrote a whole separate blog just about that experience because okay. it was the uh, acceptance of something so preposterous uh, that I-, I felt like I could never succeed again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I did my worst and it was taken as something that was supposed to be my best, I just felt like that that was it. That was like... You just feel like the confirmation that the world is a bizarro backwards yeah, place. Yeah, and, and then what's people, the point? Yeah. What's the whole point? Like, even if I do my actual best, if my very worst is being published, then what does it mean to yeah. get your best published? Okay. So, oh, so the, just like the idea of success had yeah. been eroded in your mind. Exactly. Okay. And, and and I think I called that, I, I wrote a big blog post about that. I called it, success is the same thing as failure. <laughs> what was that story? Do you that remember? That story was about a, a clown uh, it was like a, a circus story, and it was a um, a clown who showed up at it like the, the carnival car of uh, the woman who uh, gets knives thrown at her. Okay, I, I'm trying to remember now, um, but I, I remember he sh- he. Oh, it, it was his car. That's right. So he comes back to where he sleeps at the circus. Okay, and uh, the woman who gets knives thrown at her is there, and, and she's like sweating profusely and um he's famous for his balloon tying so you know there's a lot of balloon tying jokes in there like he grabs the balloon and he blows it up until it's really long and then um but then i remember also she had turned his air conditioning on because it was so hot okay um and he lectured her for pretty much half the story about conserving energy because the environment is a very fragile and and uh it's something to cherish and that's the one that got published and that's why it was so confusing so i figured eventually uh that they just didn't read it and yeah they, they just, just like, took we'll whatever take any submissions at all because they didn't pay me they just yeah. put it up on the site and how did you find it did you get any e- uh, yeah they, they sent me an email saying congratulations you've been published uh, you're an excellent writer we look forward to working with you in the future but then that was it wow <laughs> So is there in your mind any possibility where they thought, this is fun, this is a twist, it's a parody on what we do? I, 
I don't think so. I, I really don't, because if they had read it, like, there was absolutely nothing erotic about it. And if you'd seen the other stories, and I always do a little bit of research, just research, um, they're very sexual. So uh, it, it seemed inappropriate. Yeah. Because there's no nakedness. There's just uh, sweat and <laughs> lectures about the environment and balloon tying. <laughs> and so I, I really don't think so, unless uh, clown porn works no matter what. Yeah, you know, it's just the presence of a clown. They felt like exactly maybe That's... they do just search for specific words, and you had clown and long, and they're like, it's in. Yeah, got the, another one down the pipeline. <laughs> Finally, somebody's breaking into the clown stuff. People have been asking for that, and the environment, all the sexy environment lectures. Nothing gets me hot like an environment lecture. Oh, that's uh, why I I'm... watch the news. <laughs> it is. Say global warming, Wolf Blitzer. Say global warming. I'm sure there are plenty of people uh, that that's true for. So I was actually going to ask you if you feel rejected when you don't get a rejection letter, but that's kind of what this was. Yeah. I always hope to get a, relection, a rejection letter, yeah. but I never expect it. Okay. Because these people are busy and... These are real lives I'm I'm effing with. Yeah, fucking. I meant fucking. <laughs> um, so no, I don't get sad. I, in fact, it it there's a part of me that feels good. Like I didn't waste that person's time. Okay, so you are aware of the trolling element of this. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. you are like every every interaction I have had with you in our friendship, I think of you as like a very kind person and a person who's very aware of the world around them. Absolutely. So it seems like you have found this like. I will troll this far and no farther. <laughs> and, th and that's why I made sure never to swear and always be really polite. Yeah. You know, and, and give them the impression that I'm just there to, to do my best. Right. And, and when you take that position, they can't get too mad. They yeah. don't get that frustrated. But they still have to respond if that's their job. Yeah. And you're probably giving them, like, a really interesting day. Like, yeah. there's probably somebody who is reading the same boring, I had sex with a Scotsman erotica again and again like and then i ate one or ate one i read one about eating pennies and clown environment and yeah they get to tell their friends well and i think that's it too because i also uh like to consider myself a person who can at least put a sentence together and i know for a fact having read a bunch of these <laughs> uh real ones uh that some people still can't do that right and so i imagine it's frustrating enough just to have to read this stuff uh because you know, some of it comes across as if it's uh, being written by, like, a third grader. Yeah. Um, so if you can put a sentence together, at least it's entertaining. So so I guarantee you these people are making it the entire way through my stories. Right. Going, well, what's going to happen next? Where's the fucking? <laughs> where's the fucking? Uh, it's got to happen sometime, right? The nope. quality of this prose leads me to believe there will be fucking. Yes. But no. Uh, so <laughs> you... You've masterminded this, so it gives you some satisfaction. It is not cruel trolling, and it's not kink-shaming anyone in this no, industry. No, yeah, no, please, enjoy your kinks, so long as you're not hurting anybody or, you know, raping anybody. <laughs> no raping, you assholes. Uh, uh, so do you still do it, though, for a ultimately a sense of control? Because you have made up a system where you you do this outrageous thing, you send it, and you get this reaction i think that's pretty insightful yes because the control i have is that i'm going to be rejected yeah um uh, and, and i actually have extended this habit to uh sci-fi stories as oh, well really yeah just because um in fact it was stephen king who inspired that because he said he he had submitted so many times before he got his first acceptance letter the okay. first time he ever got published and it was like this huge victory and um he made it seem like wow this is really hard which of course it is. It's yeah. incredibly hard. So for the science fiction ones, like the porn ones, clearly you write in the style of 
porn, right? And then there's no effing. So what is the what is the effing in science fiction stories? They just never go to space. They never time travel. Well, it's just bad science fiction. Okay. It's bad fantasy because I've done fantasy as well. So it still contains all of the elements, but I make it so that every name of every planet is ridiculous. Like I have stories where, like I, I had uh, Thanksgiving in space, okay. which was <laughs> uh, a special one. But like so there. It's it's guys just walking on the sun in their regular clothes. Like there's science oh. fiction involved, but it's really bad. So he was finding like sun frogs for okay. for, for space Thanksgiving uh, for the rest of his crew. So he was up there. He was just grabbing them. Like he had a special suit on, but not much else. Just uh, everything that I do is impossible. There's no really real science behind it. Right. This is nails on a chalkboard. Exactly. For exactly. Okay. Nice. Uh, still polite though. Still yeah. as enthusiastic as possible. So that in the end, when they uh, give me their rejection letters, I uh, am happy. I'm happy. You're right. I'm happy knowing that I didn't really hurt their feelings. I'm not yeah. making fun of science fiction. Certainly, God knows I love science fiction. It's, <laughs> the, it's one of the things that's kept me working for the past. Eight years. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you just have to uh, put all the crap out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that sounds so freeing. It is. Uh, I wanted to ask, especially given the experience you had with feeling weird about being accepted, about having the story uh, uh, accepted and, and published, if somebody came to you and was like, no, I really want to give you a book or a movie deal. I want to make a movie of Environment Clown. Right. Would you take it? Um. Well, certainly I would entertain it. Yeah. Uh, if there's money involved, that's kind of what we all do in the industry. It's like, well, you, sometimes you take the money. Yeah. Uh, whether or not you want the job. But I, it's so unlikely yeah. that I just have to say yes. I have to say yes right now yeah. because it's easy. It's like if, some, if somebody wanted uh, to make a movie about the, the balloon-tying clown that is not going to have sex with the, the <laughs> sexy lady that's sweating all over his bed, but instead is going to lecture her about the environment. If somebody really wants to make that movie, I will accept that challenge. I feel like some people would go to a movie called Non-Frightening No-Sex Clown <laughs> yeah. at this point. That's a great title. A lot of clowns would go because <laughs> they're sick of the scary clowns. They got, they're mad I about th- it. I think it would drum up some, uh, some buzz yeah. in, in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, what is that all about? And I bet you could come up with something else uh, because you you do seem to be pretty in touch with why you do this, that if this got blown up into something that was real world, that you could find a different thing. Yeah. I, I think I think it, in that case, I would at least try and make it good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I would try and give them what they've, they've asked for. Yeah. <laughs> um, I certainly wouldn't be lazy about it. Yeah. Um, I also know that you're very uh, political. You're very knowledgeable. You write up great summaries for people who live here in Los Angeles when there's a lot of hard to parse. Yeah, I uh, try to. I, you know, it, again, it's it's hard to parse for everybody, even for the, for the wonks. I think. But yeah. uh, I was inspired a while ago uh, after uh, an ex girlfriend of mine just said to me out loud, "Oh, she doesn't vote." And I asked her why. And yeah. It was because she didn't understand any of the propositions. Yeah. Uh, which are very convoluted, and so I understand that. She wasn't a dumb person. She was a, a doula. She <laughs> yeah. she learned how to deliver babies. Like, this is a person that's very capable, and yet refused to vote because uh, it was so daunting. Yeah. Uh, and so I that was the first time I put a prop guide together. I basically just wrote up a... I tried to make it as entertaining as possible, but I, I make... I make up these prop guides every every voting season. Yeah, um, that sort of breaks it down in, in ways that everybody can understand. It takes me a long time because 
you know, I have to also parse through it, yeah. try and figure out what's happening. It takes digging because sometimes they're just blatantly trying to mislead you. Absolutely. Saying, like, you, if you want things to be blue, you should blue. And they're like, actually, that's the red council who's tricking you. <laughs> it, it can get very confusing. Yeah. I, I want to do assuage people's fears uh, and, and just get them out voting. Like, yeah. That was my only goal. So, like, if you really are worried about these props, here you go. Here's a, a very biased liberal <laughs> viewpoint. But I also try and tell them what... You're these, super clear yeah. about your perspective and why you're voting a certain way. Exactly. Uh, so I brought up all of this uh, heady, thoughtful political stuff to ask you if you would ever want to write bad erotica that featured famous political figures of the past or present. Uh, absolutely. I, I would not be afraid to do that only because it doesn't get sexual. It's not really going to offend people. It's just going to confuse them. So, yes, I, I would jump right into that. Would you, know? you write a William Henry Harrison erotica? Well, I would have to do my research. I, I'm aware that he was a president. <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite president. Oh, he is? Uh, yeah, because he's, the, the to me, the biggest comedy president. Uh, because, yeah, he's the one who was old to be elected at the time. Wanted to show how strong he was, so gave his incredibly long inauguration speech without a coat, and then died of pneumonia. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I would happily, <laughs> happily write a, a, a fake erotic story about William Henry Harrison, uh, or you know, Theodore Roosevelt is my, is my favorite president. Oh, yeah, because he got shot and still finished a speech. Like that's my favorite thing from any. Oh, that's great. It, for, so, like, if I were to do that, I would have him get shot halfway through like right when it seems like it's getting sexy he gets shot but then finishes what he's doing the bullet could go in deep he yeah could absolutely throbbing he could uh, try and like poke his finger in real deep and try and pull it out as hard as he can you know um i wouldn't i wouldn't shy away from that at all uh, in fact now you've inspired me <laughs> <laughs> glad to be here for you uh if someone wrote bad erotica about you and you were the star of the erotica what would you want it to be like Oh, man, I would want to be half naked, but doing something so mundane, like <laughs> using a, a, a coin to chip off the bird shit from my windshield, or uh, maybe just ordering a sandwich and, and making that real sexy. You know, like, mm, I need that to be super crisp, that lettuce. Yeah. And that bread, need, the crust needs to be hard and thick and... <laughs> So, uh, but like, yeah, if, if I were in there, sure, as long as I'm not having sex. Yeah. Because then I would be like, mm, that's not how I do it. I like this. If I wrote this, you would be topless, and then you would order an open face sandwich. So exactly. Be some weird relationship. And then, of course, the person behind the counter would probably lecture me about uh, coming into a restaurant. <laughs> uh, you know, they've got health codes. And then yeah. I, I would actually, that, that's the thing I like to do is I, would, I like to do my research. So I would research health codes, and then I would... Uh, get very specific. I'd probably even s steal the health code language straight <laughs> and plop it in, in into the story because it's so dry and boring. Nice. Hey guys, this is Sarah Meyer, co-producer of this show, and I am hanging out on Pico Boulevard getting ready to find out what happens when you stop people in the street and ask them about fake erotica. Have you read Fifty Shades of Grey? No, I haven't. Do you know what it's about? No, I don't. Watch the movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah? I love it. Did you see it? No. No. Do you know what it is? Oh, I'm very aware. I, I know a lot about it, mostly because it turns out that what the main character, what they like to do, and me personally, are on the very similar track. So, yeah, I had to explain that to a lot of people. If you were going to write a fake erotica story, what would you write it about? 
Not about sex. Because it's just too contrary, especially in this day and age. Do you think a, a clown lecturing to you about the environment is a sexy idea? No, clowns are scary. I don't like clowns. Somebody were going to lecture you to you about the environment, like in a sexy way, who would you want it to be? Bill Nye, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, just famous scientists. Yeah. yeah. If you were going to write fake erotica, would you use a pen name? No, I think I would use my real name. Really? I wouldn't be impressed about it. I would... If I'm writing fake erotica, I think I'm going to be doing it ironically, and I think I'm going to be making it to make people laugh, so I wouldn't be embarrassed about that. I would just make it about really intelligent people working like in a lab that see sex and you know coitus and all that stuff as just something to do, not necessarily like an emotional thing. So every time they have sex, they're just like robotic about it. It's like, okay, thank you very much. I will see you later. Bye. If you were going to write a sexy story, what would your pen name be? For me or for, like, one of my characters? One would have to be Hippie. The other one probably Pookie. Yeah, because if I'm going to be uncomfortable writing it, every person reading it also has to be uncomfortable. What about you? What would, you? would you use a pen name or would you use your own name? Oh, I'd use my own name. I'm not creative enough to use a pen name. Okay, well, let's do one of those things, like, when people find their porn name. Like, the name of the, the, name of the street you grew up on and your first pet. Timberbrook Amos. Okay, yeah, that actually might not be a bad idea. So if you ever see anything by Timberbrook Amos, thank you for my new direction in life. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Uh, these are questions or variations of these questions I ask everybody across all the podcasts okay. uh, to get a sense of the different obsession levels. There's no right or wrong answers. Do you think about writing fake erotica every day? Not every day, because some days I'm actually having to write the things I'm being paid for. <laughs> Writing real comedy. <laughs> um, but on those days and weeks where it's a little dry, that's when I think about it. So the moment I'm not thinking about the thing I have to be thinking about, I tend to go back to these things. Okay. Do you ever just get inspiration when you're, like, say you have a busy writing day, but then you have a lunch break and you see a dumpster and you're like, oh, that makes me think. Absolutely. Um there are times when, you know, I'll see something stupid that happens in, in the news that'll spark something, and yeah. I'll just write it down. I have a, an area on my computer. I used to have a notebook, but I don't do that anymore because uh, that's bullshit. That's old-timey. The environment clown talked you out of it, right? <laughs> exactly. Using the paper. I, I have a computer, and so everything's on there, uh, and I, I have a, a folder of just things I need to get to. So, like, I remember hearing a, a conspiracy theory about how people think the moon is, is hollow. Okay. Um, and it made me think of an egg and then I started to think like what if the moon is a giant egg with a huge baby in it <laughs> wow and so I have a, a I don't know if it's sci-fi or erotica yet but I have a, a story I want to write uh, called moon baby and it's just gonna be a giant moon baby like a baby that yeah. cries instead of seeing the moon now it's broken out of the moon and it's just a giant floating space baby with a, a, a placenta is just sort of flying off <laughs> Like a meteor. Um, so I, I'm not sure what that is. Okay. I feel truly bad telling you this. Okay. That is almost a Doctor Who episode. What? I know. And it's a Doctor Who episode that a lot of people have a problem with because, <laughs> as you just described, it's effing ridiculous. Well, they should have learned from me. Oh, they really should have. R write your crap on purpose. <laughs> not by accident. It was not an actual baby. It was like a dragon thing. That's not much better, though. That uh, was... In the Moon was an egg. Okay. <laughs> I, I prefer the hollow moon theory. With the, it's supposed to be hollow and filled with Nazis. 
Oh, like yeah. that's that's pretty common. Like if you look on the internet, you'll really? find that one. Are the Nazis werewolves or anything? Just generic Nazis? I think I think they're just generic Nazis. Okay. Or, or what what has happened is you know they they set up a base back in World War Two and then they they uh, oh, they, they make and out. they live. Uh, they lived day to day. They found out that there was no more World War Two. Decided to get revenge. So right now there's this uh, moon filled with Nazis <laughs> raring to take <laughs> take the Earth back. Okay. For Hitler. That is weirder than the Doctor Who episode, for right. sure. But now I'm hoping that the Doctor Who uh, season is going to feature an episode with uh, sun toads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, honestly, I, I, I'm freelance, so if they want me to <laughs> write an episode, I'm happy to do it. They might already it seems be like stealing. Right up my alley. <laughs> okay, so you, do, you don't think about it actively every day, but it is a presence in the back of your mind. It's a presence on your computer. Absolutely. It's something that is you're carrying with you in your life. Uh, you don't, uh, uh, you have some sleep issues, but have you ever had a dream about writing fake erotica? Have I ever had a dream about it? I think I've woken up from a dream inspired by it and gone straight to it. Okay. You know, something stupid. And I don't remember what that is, but I do remember back, I, I lived in this, um, really tiny studio apartment in Burbank. Um, it didn't even have a front door. It had a sliding glass door. It's one of those. Oh, wow. It overlooked the pool, which seemed cool at the time, which is why I moved in. But then I could hear everybody walking by. So oh, it's yeah. one of the reasons I couldn't sleep. But I remember shooting at a bed like, oh, man, I got to write that. And that was a, a, a story I, I wrote called Hamster Bath. Um, <laughs> it was just about this guy who came home and gave his hamster a bath. And I tried to make it sound as sexy as possible. But there's really, you know, like he's not having sex with his hamster. Hamster's not having sex with him. <laughs> uh, hamster wasn't having sex with other hamsters. Nope. No, it was a non-sexual hamster and a non-sexual hamster owner. Do you remember what was in your dream? Were hamsters in your dream, or was I, bathing? I, I think it mostly had to do with with bathing. Like, okay, uh, just in a. I'm from Toronto, and we had this really old, rickety Victorian home with a, a bathtub that had like the old legs that you oh, know, like wow. the lion feet. Um, and it was, you know, the, the the water would stay hot for about three minutes. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I have dreams still about being in that bathtub. And so it might have been that. Okay. Yeah, so that's cool that you wake up influenced by a dream and influenced by the things that are almost sexy. Yeah, exactly. Because a dream about a bath that's tied to the past and an old sure. Victorian house, like, it, it, that it sounds like sexy, right? sexy. <laughs> you oh, throw. you're wet? Maybe you're covered in bubbles. Uh, <laughs> may, maybe, like, you step out of the water, it drips down over your naked body, and, and steam comes off your shoulders because the water was so hot. But then you, you uh, take out your crayons, <laughs> and you, you melt them down. Uh, and make a crayon painting like they do on the internet. Like there's, you can do anything like that. That's the beautiful thing about this uh, is it's just a way to fail. That yeah. is the same th- thing as success. Yeah, but it is very successful because you are really successfully tapping into I think what like improv trains you to do, and what we lose the yeah. ability to do as soon as we start becoming savvy about oh a studio is looking for what kind of thing now I will <laughs> pinpoint on that, and we start to lose the ability to just free associate in those strange ways. I think. Every one of these is like an improv scene that at the end would get sort of ambivalent clapping. It's like, well, that's a thing. I, I laughed once, I guess. It was very creative, but I'm not sure what the game yeah. was. Yeah. What's, the, what's the game? What's the, uh, the story? It didn't tell a good story. It was, it was I liked the characters. They were big. <laughs> <laughs> they sure ate those pennies. Uh, how long can you talk to a new friend before fake erotica comes up in conversation? 
that has changed. It used to be one of the first things I would talk about. Like, what do you do for fun? What's your, what are your hobbies? Uh, especially when I was dating too. Yeah. Um, if they asked me what my hobbies were, if it came up, like, what, so what do you do when you're not working? Uh, well, I, I uh, write fake letters uh, and, and, uh, or fake stories and I submit them to erotic fan sites or celebrity fan sites or, uh, yeah. you know, I have, a, I have a big pile of these useless letters now. And how did that go over uh, in your dating life? Almost never good. Almost <laughs> never. It, I think it's just as confusing as if I had written a story and handed it to them and made them read it during the date. Because it's not like, oh, I play hockey. <laughs> yeah. Or I, like, I love hiking. Or it's, it, it's not one of those normal things that a normal person says. It's, it sounds like a weird thing that a weird person says. And especially if they say it like, well, I almost never sleep. And instead, I get up and I write fake stories uh, so I can collect the rejection letters. Yeah. Now, was this a first date topic of conversation? Often. Okay. Not not a good decision. I mean, I, I can't defend it to, to, like... Now, the the first date conversation was, what are your hobbies? You know, yeah, you're trying so to get to know the person. But you, you didn't lie. You were honest. I, yeah, I was very honest about it. I should have I said street hockey or... A, you know. <laughs> I don't think elaborate lies about street hockey <laughs> yeah. are better than the truth. Well, personally. I can just say I gave it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I never up. did, though. I never and I never told the lie. You're in a very successful relationship now. Yes, I'm getting married. You're getting married. Did you did you tell uh, your, your partner on your first date about erotica? You know what? We actually had such a great conversation that our home lives never came up oh wow like we the, it, it's one of those great dates that we were just drinking beer and laughing i would joke she would joke and uh time flew by that hour went by where i you know i looked at the the clock and i said well this is the time when all my other dates have ended and so i just assumed it was over and i was like all right well it was great meeting you and then uh i saw the look on her face and it was like confused a little bit yeah and, and so i, I said and, and, unless you're up for another drink or uh, and so we had it. We, we ended up. I think the date lasted for about three and a half hours. Wow! Which is great for a first date. And uh, she is the uh, first woman I ever kissed on a first date. Wow! Just one kiss. It, it, you know, she yeah. drove off after. So. <laughs> not immediately. Not yeah. as in reaction. Yeah. There's the, nothing erotic. <laughs> uh, and then after that date, were you like, I need to let her know about the fake erotica? Uh, she found out because I wrote one, and okay. uh, I posted it, and she read it, and she was like. Oh, is it what, like on social media? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 the ones I like, I post to a blog. Okay. Uh, just because I, I, it, it's not for anybody else but me. I'll share them on Facebook, but yeah. after after a day or so, I'll forget about it. Like that's okay. it. They're mostly so I can keep them someplace. Okay, to collect them. So that that seems almost to me the better way to find out about it. To just be like, I already met this person. Yeah. I really like them, and then oh, I happen to see this thing on social media. Uh, but then also just being able to see exactly what it is, I think, is better than hearing about it. Because just hearing about it is almost like, uh, I'm not making fun of trigger warnings, but it's almost like if you came across an article that had like 8 million tr trigger warnings. Right. And then you read it and like, this is just about bunnies singing. There's nothing in this that's exactly scary or weird. Well, and, and the, the one thing I do it, on the on my blog is I'll actually say, like, when I can't sleep, I do these things. I know they're they're terrible, but... It's not the point. Yeah. So, like, there's a setup for it that you can read and go, oh, this person actually isn't crazy or might okay. be, but not, not in that way. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, next, how obsessed are you question, would you have a fake erotica-themed birthday party? Uh, I would. Absolutely. Because that would just be a birthday party. I think <laughs> a fake erotica theme is clowns or... Right. Uh, 
it could be, you know, if I say, uh, like, like my story, The Whipper's Boot, uh, could be a Western theme. Right. And everybody has to have a whip. So would you have then, like, just a sort of themed birthday party? Like, hey, it's about space. And then all your friends come over to celebrate space. And you're like, by the way, this is my latest erotica. Uh, that would be a great reveal. <laughs> I think now, now uh, I, I think it would produce that same response that I crave, which is the confusion and ultimate, okay. ultimately rejection. Like, <laughs> let's just not do this and drink beer and have a good time. Yeah. Would you want to share your fake erotica adventures with other people, though? Would you want it to be an activity where everybody sat down and wrote fake erotica? Or would you be like, eh, it's my thing? I, I prefer for it to be my thing. The, yeah. I, I truly love it. And, of course, I'm not the first person to write fake letters or fake stories or any of that. Like, yeah. there, There's the old Letters from a Nut, which, uh, when I was a kid, those were my favorite books of all time. I laughed until I cried at every single one of yeah. them. Uh, I, I think they inspired that desiring me to just go out and okay and screw with people um <laughs> but i i don't i wouldn't want to share it yeah uh, in fact i think i would hate that because then i guess it would become the like we're trying to entertain each other and then it yeah. does start to have these sort of like stakes and you want this to be no stakes no stakes at all it defeats the purpose it defeats the whole purpose of this the, the whole purpose is to be uh, that sort of little burp out there in the world yeah that that uh people neither uh celebrate nor regret yeah. Would you want some of your fake erotica read at your funeral? Absolutely. Um, there are certain stories I'm actually really proud of because they make me laugh really yeah. hard because they're so crazy. Um, so, yes. Uh, in fact, I, I could say very confidently <laughs> that I would love for that uh, because it would be just as confusing to all of those people sitting mourning my death, <laughs> hearing something that's supposed to be erotic and have it not be erotic at all. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so great because at first you're like, well, I don't want to hear, I don't expect to hear erotica at a funeral. <laughs> right. And then, oh, I got myself in the mood for it. No, yeah. it's not even no, erotic. Not, no, I got all hot and randy ever. at this funeral. <laughs> I took off all the black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's great. If a bear was blocking you from writing fake erotica, would you try to get around the bear? No. No, I, I, look, there are certain things to give up. Uh, and i've seen bears in the wild yeah um canadian bears have you seen bears in canada absolutely uh, mostly black bears um, okay which which are you know people will tell you those aren't the dangerous kind of bears but they're incredibly dangerous still it's just that it's not the brown bear okay or a grizzly bear um and you can see all of those in the same spot usually if you're up north like okay if you're up north far far enough you'll see them all um so, uh, but I've seen plenty of black bears, and you can kind of scare those away just by clapping your hands. And, okay. And so let, let's let's uh, if you really want me to to fight a bear, what kind of bear is it? Uh, yeah. Let's say let's say it's a black bear. Yeah, no problem. I would absolutely uh, go around the bear to get back to my habit because <laughs> I, I I know for a fact that though that bear is dangerous, I can probably outsmart it. Yeah. But once you get to the brown bears and the grizzly bears, that's where it gets to be. Uh, not even dicey, like, just don't do it. Okay, what have you witnessed uh, bear activity that has made you certain not to mess with a grizzly? Well, I mean, I've seen the mo- movie Grizzly Man, which is horrifying. <laughs> uh, that guy gets eaten alive. <laughs> and he thinks he understands bears, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, in my uh, childhood experience uh, in seeing bears, mostly it's them at, at the dumpster. <laughs> okay. You know, they're, they're in, in the, uh, it was Healy Lake. Uh, where my stepfather's cottage was, we would go up there all the time, and they would have this dump nearby. Okay, and this is north of Toronto. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and that's where I would see most of the bears, just eating garbage. Um, and so that's not something that scares me. But then I also, uh, you're, you know, you're mourned constantly. My stepfather's father had giant shotguns everywhere. Okay. Um, which he normally used to kill uh, squirrels <laughs> and <laughs> a chipmunks. Little, a little bit of overkill. Was, I, I saw squirrels. one explode like a tomato. I'll never forget that. <laughs> There's something that comes back up in my dream sometimes. Yeah. Oh, poor um, squirrels. But uh, you're, you're told, like, when it comes to the larger brown bears, that it just gets so... You just don't want to deal with it. Like, yeah. Do everything you can to scare them away, uh, but don't run because they can actually run faster uphill than they can downhill. Okay. They can climb with exp- an expertise that us uh, pink monkeys or uh, human monkeys, I should say, because, uh, you know, I'm pink. I was looking at my skin, but <laughs> I'm not a racist. Um, we, we, you know, we don't have that skill. Yeah. There's nowhere you can run from a bear Not once from, the bear decides yeah, the it bear, wants you. If the bear wants you, it's going to get you. Okay. They're so fast and so strong. This you might have the most bear knowledge of anyone I've asked this question. So I, I like the picture it paints that a bear <laughs> would come into your home and it would steal your laptop full of erotic, uh, fake erotica, and it would be in shadows. And for a moment, you wouldn't be able to tell what kind of bear it is. Yeah, and I would have to assess. <laughs> you know, you can do this by size though. So like, okay. if I got a sense of how big it was, I'd be like, well, it's a black bear if it's small, if it's like a, the size of a, a mastiff, okay. or or a little bit bigger than that. Um, and certainly they smell really bad, and you can. Uh, you can tell, uh, too, like, if you can really smell the bear, then it's probably a dangerous bear. And if you okay. can only kind of smell the bear, <laughs> at least All these right. are things I've been told. That's really nice. Like, this <laughs> bear is fragrant enough that I could fight it. <laughs> uh, the final how obsessed are you question, I ask everybody versions of this question. It's a weird one. If you could not write fake erotica without you or someone you care about first being punched in the crotch, would you still write fake erotica? I think I would. Like, if I had to get punched in the crotch yeah. in order to do it, uh, I'm just not afraid of that. Like, okay. I know it hurts, but then it's over, and I- I'm eventually going to have to not sleep. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, would, I would accept that as punishment. Uh, I mean, uh, again, uh, I'm, I'm not afraid of pain. I don't like it. But if that's all it, all it was, just yeah. being punched in the dick, I'd be fine. Right. Do I get, get to punch back? Sure, why not? Yeah, well, then definitely. <laughs> it's a strange kind of erotica in and of itself. Exactly. <laughs> Here's my pre-writing ritual. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Uh, I asked people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with writing fake erotica? Uh, I'll do my best. My level best. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's breathy and yet clowny. Yeah, it's breathy and clowny. Yeah. Sounds almost erotic. But it but certainly is not. It is not. If you no. make that sound in bed, it's over. <laughs> it, and I promise you, nobody try it. It is over. It is over. Absolutely. Uh, I have been rating people's obsessions. Uh, and this is no judgment, just kind of like a scale across the all the podcasts that I do. So seven is the highest. Okay. One is the lowest. Uh, and then just to give it flavor, we'll say it's one out of seven long, hard balloons. <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, I think you are like uh, 5.5 long, hard balloons obsessed. I would actually have said five, but yeah, I I think I'm satisfied with that. Okay. Super satisfied. (laughs) So satisfying, those long, hard balloons. (laughs) Oh, that extra half a long, hard balloon. Yeah, we can pop that one. We can pop it. (laughs) It can explode all over me. Yeah, I mean, because you, uh, it obviously feels feels like a, a, a deep need. 
Uh, but it's relegated to this specific part of your life. Exactly. It, it's the thing I do when I can't do the thing I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, do you want to? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, do you want to plug yourself? But everything sounds weird when we're talking. <laughs> exactly. Fake and, and here's that's it becomes a habit. <laughs> it, everything uh, can be made to sound sexy, and it's not just the the putting the in bed at the end of a sentence. It's yeah. like every single thing could be made to sound sexy. Yeah. If you're in the mindset that this is going to be sexy. Yeah. So yeah. like you, you, now now you're, you're it's not going to stop for you. It is not. I'm never going to stop. I'm going <laughs> to keep going. Uh, so where can people find you on social media in bed? Uh, let's see. Uh, I have a blog on WordPress, uh, and all you have to do is type in my name in Google, and it'll, okay. that'll come up. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Josh Flaum. Okay. Don't friend request me though, because I won't accept it. <laughs> but you can. People can follow you, and absolutely, you have your settings. So I, that I they do can not have see. a Twitter account. Uh, okay. After after uh, Donald Trump won the election, I got so frustrated that I just I, I quit the account. I didn't want to see any of the news. Okay. Uh, I've come to regret that decision because I had almost 900 followers no they're gone <laughs> they're all gone they will come flooding back i'm sure <laughs> i have no doubt uh they would come back uh, especially if you posted some erotic tweets uh and i certainly shall you know i don't you might have left twitter right before this amazing new phenomenon has started to happen is that porn bots are now grabbing random tweets old tweets uh that they can quote tweet you know right so you will get them picking just the most random jokes. Like for me, they pick the oldest, randomest <laughs> tweets and then say like, oh, mm, I could do this all night. I had one that was the other day that uh, three weeks ago, I made a joke about Ted Koppel being a rock star because he actually represented good journalism. That was basically the tweet. <laughs> and then this porn bot quote tweeted. It was like, oh, mm, I've been waiting for this. Well, that's... That's right up my alley. I know. So you got to come back for that. I said that wrong. That's right <laughs> up my alley. That's right up my alley. Right up my wide alley. No, oh, that's not sexy. Mm. <laughs> Wideness is never sexy. Wideness is never sexy. Thickness I is great. So. Wideness. <laughs> it's it's a very small detail. But if you, well, I might actually uh, pilfer the word wide. Please, please go for it. <laughs> it's super not sexy. <laughs> that's a, that's a title of a fake erotica. Pilfering the wide. <laughs> What does it mean? Uh, do you have any prod, uh, products? Do you have any projects actively going that you want to plug? Um, no, I, I no, I don't yeah. because uh, I actually have um, a TV show in the works that nice. hopefully will go, and then I'll talk about that day and night. Believe <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, but what I can say is, please check out uh, one of the things I'm proudest of, which is my old web series written by a kid. Yeah. Uh, we worked really hard on that, and it turned out, I think, uh, beautifully, and I'm really proud of it. We had some excellent uh guests so we had joss whedon in one of them oh, we awesome. had uh, Rhett and link in an yeah. episode they directed one, the same episode that oh, they really? were in um dave foley oh, uh awesome so so there were people that i i had always wanted to work with or people that i admired and they actually agreed to be in it so yeah uh, check it out written by a kid it's all over the youtubes awesome uh via geek and sundry cool uh here's some quick plugs for uh this here podcast and then we'll do our final questions 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episode where my wife Sarah and I talk about something we are obsessed with in the moment. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, so final questions don't have anything to do with your obsession. They're okay. just weird, fun little questions. If you could replace the Hollywood sign with a different word or phrase, what phrase would you want to put up there? Oh, that is one of the best questions I have ever heard, <laughs> honestly. Uh, and I think, oh, man, it's a cross between, like, huh? <laughs> and fart. <laughs> I, 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 I think that's it. It's, it's one of those, like, huh? So instead of a declaration like Hollywood, it would just be like, ah, yeah. why are we letters on a hill? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense in, in real life, like besides that, like this is where we are. Yeah. But most people know that already. Yes. It's not usually used. Yeah. Like before Google Maps, people just look to the Hollywood sign to realize <laughs> where they were. Uh, it's old school GPS, giant letters on a hill. But I really like that idea. It seems almost more honest to just be like, ah, uh-huh. what? <laughs> or how about like, maybe if I could pick a third, it'd be like, "Good luck." <laughs> <laughs> now that's the most brutally honest. Yeah, like you've made it, kid. Physically, here you've made it. <laughs> yeah, anybody now, can come here now. Do something now. Breathe in and work. <laughs> uh, if your life was a theme park ride, what would the ride be like? Oh, I think um, it would start out really fun, and then you'd be submerged underwater for about thirty years. <laughs> And uh, you'd forget that it was a ride for a really long time, and yeah. then you'd come back up, and things would be, you know, like, people would clap, <laughs> and they, they'd be like, you, you made it! <laughs> so, <laughs> at what moment in this ride would the operators take the automatic pictures that you could buy at the end of the ride? Would it be when you're underwater, or right when you... While you're sleeping. <laughs> while you're sleeping underwater. Yeah, it would be while you're sleeping. And I think it, I think you, it, you could do a video. Okay. You know, like a, a, a one-minute video. Okay. And it would be mostly, like, people sleeping. <laughs> Underwater. <laughs> Underwater <laughs> for 30 years. Nice. The final question on the podcast for everyone is, what is happiness? Happiness is uh, a feeling. That's a feeling. It is. Much like said. Okay, so what does it mean to me? I know. I, I get it. Uh, you so, can leave it at a feeling if you wanted. Uh, no, because there's more to it. I think... I think Happiness is the experience of doing the things that you think you're doing. <laughs> no surprises that are bad. Yeah. Wow. You know, th- I wish I had known. That. <laughs> what is happiness? I Maybe know. I don't know. And and that would actually make more sense. I think I don't know what happiness is. I, I'm getting married and that makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, my wife-to-be makes me very, very happy. Um, so... Uh, all I can say there is uh, it's because of her. So happiness is my wife. <laughs> I think that's a great answer. Uh, and my cat. <laughs> but uh, again, it's going to be different for everybody. I, I don't expect my wife or my cat. Stay away from those. You, it's, they're not for you. <laughs> yes. If you're searching for happiness, yeah. find your own wife and cat. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Of course. Really happy. Oh, really happy is, to be here. This is great. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed. Uh-huh. <laughs>